0: in in times of crisis you know desperation is the mother of innovation you know, a lot of people to kind of say that and we're seeing like right now think of like the school system we've now taken our kids from that you know go to school in the classroom and we've now made this classroom virtual and but but what we've done is we've taken the curriculum that's usually taught in the class and we've put it on the computer we need we need to take this opportunity to reinvent how we deliver, and I and I think this, this crisis. Hopefully, I'm 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 like hoping that society is going to start thinking differently. You know, once we start coming out of this, you know.
1: Welcome I am really, really excited about this uh, this podcast today. It's really timely. Um, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic, um, and uh, um, one of our former leaders. I, you know, first of all, I would be having this amazing um, former operator on our podcast. You know, and he was just, you know, on the list to somehow, you know, some, you know, get 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 connected. And his name's Pat Dubray, and so Pat has been. Northern Ontario Entrepreneur of the Year. Um, He has um, uh, 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 created a consulting organization. He's got, um, was president of Manitou Gold, a Canadian exploration company with 22,500 hectare area of land that just got 20% uh, bought by uh, an, an, another major, so um, and he'll he'll talk a little bit about some of those some of those things that he's done, a number of the different entrepreneurial activities that he's done post student works, um, but the big thing that it brought him to to for for me to bring on was um, Pat has has uh, seen this COVID crisis, COVID nineteen crisis, and basically saw that there's a real problem with PPE. There's there's not enough. Um, Um, gear, and why can't we reuse it? So he he basically put doctors and engineers together to create a medical-grade vaporizer that actually can mobily clean PPE equipment for large employers, for long-term health health, uh, uh, protections. Um, you know, he's actually met with Canadian tire, you know, so that when customers come in, could they just go and reuse and clean and clean and clean the PPE so that our lives can get more back to what's normal. So, um, I know you're going to really love the entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur that we've got on and more than that, he's a serial entrepreneur. He's a, uh, a cultural entrepreneur. He, he, he's really committed to making the world a better place. Um, and we just had a fantastic conversation. I know you're going to love it. And, uh, we, we really are in trying times and challenging, challenging times. And we talked a little bit about, about that and in, in saying that that's great that's great that we're in challenging times because you know, what's going to happen is it's going to call for leaders like Pat and like you to step up. What extra can I do? How can I make a difference? What are things that I can make a difference in my business, in my community, in my family? How can I make a difference? And that's something that maybe we can think about, uh, as we're listening to Pat's, um, uh, um, podcast here and uh you know finally you know what i'm always interested in is do you know any other amazing young entrepreneurs please share our podcast with them please share our program with them and uh so that they they they, they may become interested in and uh because we are in need of leaders like at no other time uh in the world's history so thank you very much i know you love this podcast. Pat's been really involved in, in a huge opportunity uh, looking to problem solve uh, um, around PPEs and our pandemic, but that's not where we're going to start. We're going to start back in the day when, when Pat was an operator uh, with the Student Works Management Program, you know, so, so Pat, you know, tell me what you were, uh, you were uh, like before our program, before joining our program.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's interesting because uh, I come from a, a family of entrepreneurs, so my last name is Dubre, and I come from Duberville, Right. and Duberville is a small community in, in Northern Ontario, and, and my grandfather built a sawmill there, and we basically built a community of like 1,300 people, um, and it became one of the best sawmills in Northern Ontario there for, for a good while. Right. Um, so, you know, the, that, that entrepreneurial spirit is, was part of my family, and, and my father's an entrepreneur, and... So I was like looking around and deciding, you know, do I have this in me to become an entrepreneur also? And and you know, what kind of business could I start to kind of like test my my might and and, and see, you know, what I what I could do? And uh, when the student works opportunity came up, you know, this whole concept of of being a manager of people and and you know and that and the business model is is quite is simple in in a yeah. certain sense. You know, you you're coming in with a proven solution, you guys train us on how to, uh, you know, understand how to quote and and how to do all this work. I said, you know, this is a good test. You know, you you come into a, a franchise type of model where all the systems have been laid out for you. You don't have to concentrate too much on figuring out how to do this, but then, you know, you yourself are going to be testing yourself because you're hiring people, you're managing clients and you're doing all these different things. And that is very much what business is all about. Right. So I I took out ten thousand bucks. I went out and I bought a truck. I bought all my gear, and uh, I went out and I started to recruit. You know, so uh, that was kind of like that that first step into this world of you know owning and running your own business. And, and I learned so much from it. I think it you know I still talk about it today because we talk about you know the things that you remember is probably the. Uh, some of the screw-ups or some of the close yes. calls that you had to manage <laughs> and, and, and and I think that's what like shapes the individual. Yes, because It seems to be those go-to examples like even now today I have a 20-year-old son you know he comes up with some difficulties and I say well back in the day you know this is how we, we solve this problem yeah. and uh, to this day you know I, I still tell people on how to how to work their paint or how to you know, prep their walls and stuff like that. It's it's with me, it's part of me. So uh, I appreciate that very much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to go around neighborhoods and not notice homes that need to be painted, I bet, still, right, Pat? Oh, for sure, for sure. (laughs) You just can't help but but notice. And um, so what do you still rely on um, uh, on the program? Like, you know, any skill sets or, or values or things that you learned? I think the greatest value was how to
0: recognize good employees. Okay. That was probably the best value, the best skill set that I kind of picked up. You know, I started off with, uh, with a certain crew and, uh, you know, when I, when I went through my requirement, my, my recruitment process, you know, I'd hired some people and then all of a sudden I came across these guys from new list. Um, they were from a farming background Yeah, and boy, could those guys work. You know, yeah. then I realized, okay, I got to be looking for hard workers. Yeah. You know, people that talk fast and, and, and don't do much, they're not very good for my business. And, right. uh, you know, kind of pick that up real quick. And, and then the one thing that I saw was that, you know, the more you gave them a challenge, uh, you know, the more they would deliver. And, and this is something that I, that I realized early on in life is basically, you know, ask people's opinions, ask them how they think they would do this. Take you know, what feedback they're giving you and then, you know, reconsider. And I, I learned right away that, you know, my idea is not always the best one. Yeah. And uh, it's good to be challenged. So surround yourself with people that are strong. Yeah. And people that care. Yeah. And that, and that kind of set the path for, you know, the success that we had. So.
1: And it's, it's interesting as well as is that you identify really great people by bumping into really great people. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, that's the bar. That's how hard people work, right? Like, you know, one thing I always like, I remember this quote, you know, you could never expect someone to work as hard as I work, right? Like that's, I I, I think it was like Julius Irving or some famous basketball player said that, you know, and it was like, yeah, and, and that's how I've always seen myself as a hard worker. And I know you're likewise, you know, you've got a big engine, you've always worked hard, you've always excelled. And then- But to a certain extent, when you're an entrepreneur, you you know, to a certain extent, you go, it'd be kind of crazy to think that I could find other people who work as hard as me. But the reality is they're out there, right? And they want to work with people who want to work hard, right? They want to work with leaders who actually don't hide in the back and, and, but actually are out front working hard with everyone else.
0: Yeah. But you know, uh, the other element that you need there is, is that balance and, um, you know, uh, through life, through business, uh, I did do a burnout because I have that tendency of, of yes. overworking and thinking that everybody else is going to give the same output as I did. So interestingly enough, you know, um, my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, awesome. you know, she, she helped me. Uh, she <laughs> worked with me through student works and stuff like that, you know, even to the point where, you know, my truck broke down one day and I was hauling paint cans with my bike. Yeah, you know, going from the Glidden store down to the jobs and hauling paint and putting it in taxi cabs and a whole bunch of different things. And and you know, and she she told me she says you can't expect these guys to be going twenty four seven like you are. You know, right right there and then she told me and she says you know you gotta you gotta take this into account. Not everybody's like you. Yeah. And and you know that was just like a sobering moment. And I've had those sobering moments through life. Um, at, at various times, and I do realize that, you know, I'm, I drive hard, I expect everybody around me to drive hard, I drive my kids hard, I drive everybody, um, and, and, then, and then you take a step back and you say, okay, you know, you've got to take a breather, they're right, you're not always right, and, and there's got to be some balance in there, so, you know, exercise is important, you know, doing different things, reading and different things, and then I realized this, 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 we have this, this French thing where we say, you know, you have to So you mean, it means you've got to sharpen your saw once in a while. So so you may be sitting there, you know, trying to cut wood and you're cutting one and you're working hard, but if you took five minutes to sharpen that saw, you go through twice the wood in less the time. Yes. So that's very important. I think that's a, that's a lesson that I learned way back when, and
1: I still use it today. One hundred percent. And for me as well, like I, I definitely have, have bounced up against that's too far to find out where I, 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 I am like, I used to get sick a lot and, and, you know, just kind of colds and flus. And, and the reason was, cause I just didn't know the end, Did, you know? And, and so, so I, I now tell people I never get sick, um, which is pretty close to true, but I just, I just don't because I'm always resting before I get sick. You know, it's a famous Dale Carnegieism and, and it's, and it's, and like you said, sharpening the saw and it's just like, Oh, hold on. That's too far. Let's rest. Let's do this. Let's do this to 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 keep to keep building. So, um, you know, I know one of the things um, is is that we love to talk about here is uh, you know you've had wide and varied and amazing success in your career. What, what sort of things would you like to highlight or maybe share share some stories about about your career progress uh, post student works. I think, um, you know,
0: one of the things that's important in this, and, and this was like right after student works, I, uh, my dad already owned a, a resort and, uh, next door to it was this, this big restaurant it was like 13,000 square feet, huge property. And my dad called me up and he said, uh, you know, do you, do, do you want to buy this with me? And I'm like, dad, I'm a psychology business major, you know, I don't know anything about running restaurants. Right. But, um uh, I told him, I said, well, you know what, I, we're going to do this because, we're going to build up your business so that we can sell it. So one of the things I always do with all my businesses, and this is something I tell people now, always start with the exit strategy first. Right. Before you start your business plan, you, you basically you build your business plan based on the exit strategy. So when we decided to invest in this additional um, addition, we basically said, OK, this is a five year program. We're going to build The business, bring up the sales, bring up the 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 whole workings of the business, and then we're selling. We're putting it up for sale, regardless of where we are in the process. Right. So you could have high sales, you could be doing on you know great and stuff like that, and that's exactly what we did. But we put it up for sale, and then my parents were able to retire, and then I was able to go back to uh, the community of Sudbury, which which I kind of went to high school with. Um, I went to high school there. So that was the whole process and I do that for every business. I set a timeline and it always has to do with what's this exit going to do. So when we sold his business, we were on this, you know, 100% uh increase. Right. And it was doing well and my father said we shouldn't have sold. Wow. I told him that. Ah, you need to think about this. You're retired, you got what you want. We attain the objectives. And then the individual that bought from us, um, you know, he started having issues probably three, four years down, down the road, right? And he eventually he went bankrupt. Oh wow! Because the local sawmill shut down, right? So there's certain things that happen that you can't plan. So you don't have your plan. It's it's kind of like stock investing, you know? Right. Set that target. Once you reach that target, do not fall in love with it. Let it go, and and then move on to the next plan. So that, that's something that I've been doing quite a bit with every business that I've started. I always start with the exit strategy, and it's, it's been serving me well.
1: Well, and I know you know one specific uh, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about was you you know you, your Magpie Relay Motel and Resort. You you won the Northern Ontario Entrepreneur of the Year. Maybe you could share our with our leaders uh, why that was so noteworthy.
0: Yeah. So so that's the business that we sold in two thousand, and I bought it back in 2014 from the oh, bankruptcy it. oh wow okay. so i sold it for a very high price and i bought it back for you know not even 10 cents on the dollar and then we reinjected money and we changed the purpose of of the resort so it is a a power sports destination Right. So I'm very big on snowmobiling in Northern Ontario, everybody that rides comes to our place. <laughs> I go,
1: I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of my friends who have been to your place, Pat. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Right. So, so they, they
0: enjoy it because of the heated garage and the, yeah. and the man cave, to hang around and talk to the boys and drink some beer, you know, the hot tub and the sauna. And it's just overall a great outdoors experience. And that was the, the, the key Genesis for winning entrepreneur of the year, because you know, I picked up this this defunct business in my hometown, and all of a sudden, we turned into this like five star, you know, bush resort uh, that everybody's flocking to every year, and and we we have full occupancy every winter, right? So, awesome. uh, to the point where this year, I was looking at actually putting on a, a bunch of rooms. So that's been that market segment, but we 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 zeroed into that that power sport enthusiast, right? So. You know in the rooms we change the the configuration and stuff like that so you've got a place to hang your helmets you've got a place to dry your clothes yeah a little bar fridge and and different things and you know people call us ahead we go to the liquor store we fill the the beer fridge for them so when they get there they park and then they can just relax and that's what people want right so you start with that mindset of of you as a rider what you enjoy and then you just basically deliver that over deliver and I, and I think that's probably one of the key things that people, um, you know, when, when they walk into my resort, they open the door because it looks like a little hip motel, you open yeah. the door and you're like, wow, this looks like the Hilton. So yeah. It was designed that way. <laughs> so People are like, wow, this is so cool. You know? And a lot of the guys, because 80% of my clients are men, Yes, they say, oh, this is nice enough for my wife to come here. You know? So, so we're starting to cater to that, that family type of crossover. So uh, it's, it's been interesting, but one of the key things is that, you know, know your client, identify your client, 85% of my clients are from the U S and they're most of them are business owners. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So key thing there is that they'll have a one or two year old sled. These guys own their businesses. They have a lot of money. They don't mind paying they'll they'll, They're looking for that, that higher up, higher end service and and that's very
1: important. That's awesome. And so, so. When you took this over, then you saw this opportunity. You saw this need in the marketplace. That's right, um, right. And you were you 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 were a snowmobile you know enthusiast and saw that this is something that's missing here. That's right, because um, the
0: way the snowbill network uh, works in Ontario. So right now, as as we speak, I'm actually the vice president of the Ontario Federation Snowmobile Club. So I'm okay. very involved in that, in that part of the uh, uh, the snowmobile world. And I have been for several years, but back then it was it was the '90s. I was doing this, uh, you know, back in the '90s. We brought up the business, we sold it, and then snowmobile kind of went down because it it it, it rides with the economy. When the economy okay. is good, people ride snowmobiles, and when it's bad, you know, it's a very expensive sport. Wow. So they they get out of it. So I basically saw the cycle coming back, and I jumped back in, developed it, and and right now, you know, with with all of this that's happening right now with COVID. It's likely going to take a hit, right? So now we got to start thinking: what else can we do? You know, how else can we do this? So I've been I've been building uh, dual sport uh, motorcycle, off road ATVs, and stuff like that. So it's called the Mooseback Trail System. That's something that I've developed, and and it's catching. You know, it's it's catching on quite a bit.
1: That'll be one of the next ventures. Awesome. Awesome. And so, so I know one of the things that you've been like, I've seen you all over LinkedIn with, with mining, um, and, and all sorts of mining success. So maybe you can tell the leaders about what, 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 that's, what's happening with the mining. Yeah, So
0: I guess one of the things that I'm kind of known for that the people know um, what it is that I do is I tend to enter like a market segment. I'll educate myself on that particular market segment and say, you know, and then I'll start developing and working that angle with the exit strategy in mind. So, again, so now, uh, as of recently, I was president of Manitou Gold. Now I've taken a, a VP role for uh, community and First Nations engagement, but basically this is a junior mining exploration company. Um, and and again, you know, go back to my roots, Duberville, uh, in the Duberville area, Gold was, was found there in like in the 1920s and yeah? right. there was a lot of different. Gold mining camps, and what happened was that a lot of the different smaller camps, nobody could ever have contiguous land. Nobody actually put everybody's land together. Right. So the opportunity that I saw was to go out there and basically start accumulating all this land mass. We are now the largest landowner in the area with twenty-two thousand five hundred hectares. So two hundred ninety. Uh, square meters, and and the biggest player in the area is called Alamos Gold. So Alamos Gold has two large properties in Canada, one in Manitoba and one in Duberville. They are one of the top three gold producers in Canada. Right, you know, right beside my community. So the idea here was to build a landmass that would be interesting for them, because juniors get acquired by mid tiers and majors. Uh-huh. that's the name of the game. Okay. So luckily for us, uh, Alamos Gold just recently bought 20% of our company. So now they're sustaining our activity and whatnot. So we've got a big drilling program going on out there, and uh, that's working really well. But before I got into exploration, I was actually on the other side of the fence in the sales and service side. So I worked for an engineering company, I was VP of business, uh, business sales and development, traveled all over the world right. uh, for mining it's kind of been that, that, you know, next step, next step, next step. What do you do?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and so, um, you know, it's just, it's just so neat how you've, you've jumped from different, different things to different, different things. Like, so, you know, you're, you're, you're an ideas guy, you're a concept guy. Is it like, what's, what's driven that do you think Pat?
0: Well, actually a lot of people see these things as being kind of separate, but they're, they're kind of all related. They're interrelated. So, okay. I started, I got into mining when I was living in Sudbury because Sudbury is a mining community. Right. And if you want to make money, you should be in mining in Sudbury because of the the, the product and service related. So I started off uh, basically joining a rubber lining company. So I learned all about rubber lining and all how these pipes were used in the industry and whatnot. And then I transferred over to an engineering firm where I ran their support network for the sulfur dioxide monitoring here in Sudbury. So there's there's two large emitters in Sudbury, uh, Ballet and Glencore, and they emit sulfur dioxide. So I basically educated myself, learned about that. And then I got into the sales of these systems. And I'm really good at sales. So then I started taking over, you know, different departments and different things and managing these things who eventually decide that I could actually do this on my own. So, right. you know, when you're working 80 hours a week and you're doing all these things, and that's kind of when I, I kind of hit the Right, um, had a little bit of a burnout. Then I then I stepped out and I said, okay, you know, I'm 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 drawing blood here for working for different companies. I need to do this on my own. I need to to, to work less and work smarter. Right, and I started the resort. And after I started the resort, I got I, I was seeing some of the opportunities for mining in my my, my hometown. So we built up bunkhouses. So we we. we that up and then I picked up the local gas station and I picked up all the land in town. But so I've basically kind of grown my portfolio with all of this, like growing from one piece to the other, kind of like the whole distribution uh, network when it comes to, to accommodations and, and feeding miners and, and 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 supplying. So I've got two other businesses kind of in the, in the queue right now, all mining related, but again, to fulfill a need. Right. right. So there's different things going on. And on top of that, I've 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 laid on top an exploration company locally,
1: which is which is pretty interesting. So no it's, kidding, it's, it's kind of working. No kidding, it's working yeah. well. <laughs> so, um, so what's what what about we we've been talking about a bunch of things that have gone well. What about biggest failures or mistakes, Pat?
0: I think you you know one of the things that that's always eminent with with, with people is you know you. You make some investments. You make some bad investments. For I mean, sure. These these things, these things happen, and and sometimes it's it's not uh, you know for fear of of um, not having well analyzed or having looked at what what the whole thing. Sometimes it's even based on on that effort. Right yourself. You know if 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 you go in like you know I said I was going and I think of the exit strategy, and then. You know, work my way towards there, and and some of these things that I that I ventured in, sometimes it, it, like I didn't have time to put the effort because I, I spread myself thin, too thin. Okay, right. So so you know you learn from that, and 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 like everybody, you know, every failure out there is always a, a learning experience. Use that to to make sure that the second time around you don't you don't uh, you don't have that. So I've taken I've grown a lot through uh, different partnerships. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're an entrepreneur, you tend to be kind of like a, a single guy with an idea and, and, and driving that. And bringing partners into the mix adds a lot of complexity to different things because you may be doing it for a personal reason. You know, you may be investing for something for the greater good of something and, and the other partner is just about profit yeah. and the other person, you know, not interested at all. They're, they're not putting in that elbow grease. So it creates kind of like that unhealthy dynamic yes and it's not so much that the business wasn't successful we made great money but we we, we ran into a wall when it comes to having the same vision the same the same purpose and stuff like that yeah. and that in the end it's not worth it yeah so you know if, if it's, it's it's not always about making money i think a lot of people they, they miss that point you um, bet. you can be making money but if what you're doing is not serving your inner core your purpose it's not worth it. So I think I've I've learned that way uh, is to you know sometimes uh, I, I I sacrifice you know quick growth um, over my my uh, my values right and I'm never going to do that again yeah so I've learned that way.
1: No, I can, I can certainly see that. And I can see as well. uh, I've been fortunate. I've had a bunch of really good partnerships, uh, mostly, I guess, because just kind of the way our businesses have been created. But, but so I've had the experience of working with people a whole, uh, a a long time and then becoming partners. So you really, Mm -hmm. again, get to work with them and you see their values and you see the alignment, but you could see how, or sorry, I could, I could imagine how not working with someone who was aligned, that would be a real problem. So so when you think about, you know, you know, your values in relationship to your businesses and, and your values in relationship to what you're about and what you want to be creating. What do you, what 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 is that? Maybe you could share. Cause and obviously you've had lots of experience and lots of success, you know, but from your perspective now.
0: Yeah. So I'm not sure if if that changes over time. So I'm fifty years old now, but mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I probably I could say if I look back, I wasn't always like that because yeah. maybe I had it in me, but it wasn't like the main criteria for how I do things. For so sure. Now, you know, it's, it's kind of like Maslow's theory. You know, you're fed, you're housed, you've got yes. all these different things, and then all of a sudden, you know, to fulfill yourself, you got you got to have that higher purpose. Yeah. I think for me, a lot of things changed in uh, in 2013. Where I basically I had a friend of mine who had a l s and uh, he'd been living with with a l s since uh, he was twenty two so at the time he was uh you know probably 20, 21 years with with the disease wow and uh, I went up to him and i said you know eddie i'm I'm kind of like well off now i've got different things you know going for me life life is good type of thing you know do you have a bucket list are there things that you want to do uh, before before you die because this is a terminal illness and yeah. uh from there, you know, we, we started doing these bucket list trips and stuff like that. And I think the, the, the life lesson that I learned from him, because his perspective was very different than mine. You know, he's, he's living with a death sentence and I'm, I'm looking at the future like there's no limit. Yes. Right. So, so you've, got, you've got different perspectives there. And you know, the, the key thing that he taught me was, you know, don't worry about what's happened in the past. It's, it's, that's, that's very stressful. Yes. And then don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. He says that's anxiety. He says yeah. live in the present moment, and that's what he was doing. Right. So he was appreciating every day and everything. And I started thinking like that, and I started saying, "Okay, you know, everything that we do has a reason." So I I, I go through business that way, where everything happens for a reason. So whether it's good or bad, you got to learn from it, right? And and not worry too much about it because right. life is 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 full of great things. And, and it's very difficult to plan and to think of every possible iteration. You know, like sure. if we, we think about three months ago, what were you planning in your <laughs> business? And what was I planning in my business? And all Absolutely. of a sudden we got this curveball, right?
1: Yeah, this And, pandemic.
0: and, and with, yeah. with this curveball comes a whole bunch of other things. And then all of a sudden, here I am, you know, planning a mobile decon pod device for for to fight COVID-19 had no plans for that, you know, it just, it just came up and and we got it done. So I think, I think that that, that's part of the, uh, that openness is that if I I can say that because I'm open and I'm objective and I, and I live life this way in in the present moment, um, anything can happen and and it can go in any direction and I'm
1: okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so powerful. And, and, and again, um, you know the, the most of our materials really quite evergreen it it it's it's meant to be sit there and sit there for years so people can listen to our alumni but this is really um a moment in time, and this is April of 2020, where we'll always remember, Pat, that we were in that pandemic. And I remember, you know, Pat was reaching out to find funding for, for, for his, his business. And, and the business, you know, again, I guess it's, of course it's a business, but really it's about serving this enormous need of, of uh, a lack of PPE in markets around the world. And so maybe you can speak just so our leaders really get what you're up to and what, what, this, what this mobile uh, platform is going to do.
0: Yeah, so basically we, uh, I came up with this concept um, of, of building a, a room that is used to decontaminate PPE that's being used in, in a hospital. So these rooms usually already exist in large hospitals, but they don't really have them in Northern Ontario because the, the vaporizing technology that is used is, is quite expensive. So like one decontaminator is like 80,000 bucks. So I got a bunch of mining related uh, friends together an engineering firm and then I needed a doctor and I needed, I needed different people to kind of piece this together. And I said, why don't we create like a mobile room that we can actually like move around Northern Ontario to help hospitals, to help the long-term cares, to even help like mining companies because once you start looking at the impacts of, of of this COVID right now, think of mining. Miners go down uh, a cage, so there's like a hundred guys crammed into a cage, like you're literally yes. like stuck to each other. Yeah, and you're going down, you know, three, four, five, you know, uh, uh, kilometers, and and you're stuck with these people throughout, throughout this. So, so the whole contamination process. So what mining has done right now, they've come up with different ideas, like, you know, these turnstiles and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, that's great guys, but you're going to have to wear masks. Yes. And these masks are just like your regular coveralls. They should get clean, just like Cintas and GK Workwear do every day. So, so this is how, like I saw that opportunity. I'm thinking there's a lot of companies that are going to need help and, and we can go to them and kind of like, repurposed their PPE and, and and keep them going because one of the key things that was happening right now is we're hearing about, about uh, shortages and we're hearing about you know everybody trying to purchase and the price of these masks going up to $8 yeah. you know when they, when they were like a dollar just before the incident so you start thinking about all this and you put everything into perspective how do we protect our people we need to make sure that they have a good reliable source of PPE and that's kind of like what drove the project forward. It was all about kind of getting this done. And we started this because a valet set up a $1 million challenge, you know, so some prize money. And uh, I was driving back from my resort and I'm thinking, man, like everybody's concentrating on developing and building PPE. Can this stuff not be clean? And then I started researching, you know, and uh, I found this study by Duke University and they demonstrated, you know, that vaporized hydrogen peroxide. be used and then 3M is they approved that uh, using hydrogen peroxide was the only way that you could actually clean one of their masks, you know, instead of ozonating or using UVC or autoclaving or whatnot. So I, I basically learned about this industry, which I, I knew nothing of, and then pieced it together with a bunch of guys, you know, and, and uh, we're trying to roll this thing out. So we found a, an investor in Southern Ontario. We're kind of like moving forward with, with our project. Uh, so we're we're just about to to piece it all together and and, and right. roll this out and and basically change. We don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. And and what's 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 amazing, and I just so appreciate. Like I saw what you were doing. You you reached out. To, you reached out to me, and and I just. And I just, I love it because this is like literally looking to make a difference in the world. This is such an overwhelming need that we have. And the reality is it's quite scalable because if you look right now, as of April 20th, an enormous um, issue in Ontario and Quebec, are these old age homes, right? and you yes. just know that there's just not enough PPE, um, that's a big part of what's 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 creating these problems, right? and mm-hmm. so if if we were able to uh, more effectively clean on a regular basis um, and and uh, your model is again so economically driven, you know which is which is awesome.
0: yeah, even you think about industry right now, you take a look at maybe like Canadian tire. they've gone online because you know, they, they, they wanted to mitigate uh, contagion or the spread within within their stores, which is really, really smart. But at some point, you're going to want people to go back into your stores For sure. So, you know, we kind of pitched, we called head office and we said, Hey, guys, you know, what do you, what do you think of a model like this, where we provide you with masks, you offer them to your clients, they go through the store, and when they leave, they just drop the mask off, you know, outside. So think of all the people that are standing outside Walmart right now. You know, waiting in line to get in because they're only letting limited numbers of people. Well, right. they're all you know social distancing, but we all know how it works. You know, somebody coughs down the line, and you're getting wind and whatnot, and technically, yeah. you can be exposed. So, or someone else that that you know has the uh, is a, a symptomatic, uh, basically should be wearing a mask because yes. they're trying not to spread it around. So we're saying, like, you know, even to bring the economy to the next step. Even though our government is saying, "Hey, we're going to open up the economy," how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that in a, a socially responsible manner? Yeah, you got you got to roll this out, and we don't know. It could be eighteen months, twenty four
1: months. I don't know how long this is going to last. Of course, yeah.
0: So we got to start thinking outside the box and looking at these different things that we could use to help.
1: Well, and one of the things I know I was I was listening to the other day is is the cost of not being in action or our economy not being in action again is is is. Billions and billions of dollars a week depends on, on what market size you're looking at. So, so it's like to be able to go and say, "Oh, here we need to clean masks more regularly," you know, so that people can go into stores, you know, like that. That's 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 something that you go, "Well, that's pretty. That's pretty small cost versus an enormous enormous uh, loss of revenue, right? And, sure. and 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 also what people want, you know, because because you know, uh, people want to be able to go in and, and shop and look at things and feel comfortable again, and even if they're wearing a mask for a period of time, uh, until they, they find a, uh, uh, you know, a uh, I can't remember the word, um, of uh, flu, uh, uh, cure or what's, what's the, what's the word, Pat? Um, for, for what? You know, so that, so that we can all go outside again. It's, it's a vaccine, a vaccine. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. And David, please edit that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so, uh, so. No, that's, 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 uh, that's awesome. That's such a, such a cool thing. So if someone was considering venturing out into the entrepreneurial world, what advice would you give them?
0: Take up a a company that has an established process an established system, right? So whether it be a franchise or, or, or some type of business that basically has, you know, everything kind of laid out for you and having systems and running systems is very important. It's very reassuring so it takes, it takes away that, that, stress, that stress that's associated with, with business so that you can find within that operations where you fit in. Right. You, you, you find out you know, what's lacking and what you're good at so that you can understand what your role should be and what kind of people you need to surround you to, to help you out. Because when you start from scratch, you have to figure out all these, all these stumbling stones. Right? Yeah. And I say, get into a system, get into a franchise system, you know, something like student works. It's, it's yeah. a perfect system. It basically, it's all layered, labeled up one, two, three, four. If you do this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. you will be successful, right? Yeah. And, and once you have that, then you can basically uh, kind of make those changes to your own business if ever you want to run out on your own because now you kind of understand, okay, I got I to gotta understand, you know, what's my cost. I got to understand my procurement. I got to understand my lead time. I got to understand, you know, how to manage employees and what yeah. comes with that, how to make a payroll and all these different things, right? So when, you, when you're when you running a student works franchise and you know, payroll is done for you, all these things you're just approving. And so you kind of get an idea of yes. how things go. But once you get on your own, holy smokes, you know, there isn't that much help out there. And you got to figure it out. Yeah, so I think, it, I think there's a lot of gains that can be done that way. And, and it can be done safely without, without breaking the bank.
1: Yeah. And, and the other thing as well as is, is just thinking about, you know, the different businesses and models that you've been in is that, and I know the answer to this is you figured out systems. Here's how to run my resort. Here's how to yep. run my, my, uh, you know, mining operation in this regard. Here's how, you know, and so once you actually already understand how a system works. It's easier to morph it, right? It's easier to kind of, oh, let's change this.
0: Yeah. And like, I'll give you an example. So my gas station in Duberville is actually a card lock. It is unmanned. Okay. We've got a camera system and everything basically is displayed in, in the hotel lobby. So people can have gas 24 seven. Well, When I picked up that gas station, it was running four hours a day. Right, so they they had an attendant there. So anybody that was coming in on a snow machine in the morning or at night or something like that couldn't get gas. They could. Have, they had to be there in that four hour window slot. And uh, so basically, it cost us a lot of money to to automate all this. But you know, read all the rules, figured out how to get around these TSSA guidelines and and different things, and we basically we met all the criteria. We showed we demonstrated that we could we could do this. And then boom! All of a sudden, we went from you know four hours a day to twenty four seven. Right. And people freaking love it. Right. Yeah. It, it just, it just works. So we're thinking outside the box and just pushing that envelope. We're like one of the only ones in Northern Ontario that has this. And how much,
1: how much, uh, how much did your revenue increase? Well, um, we took the liters from, uh, 500 liters to I'm at, I think this year I, I hit
0: 870,000 liters. So 370,000 liters more
1: than what the station used to do. Wow. Yeah. That's enormous. Enormous. Yeah. Enormous. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, though I've seen, I, we, there, we have one, I, I live sort of rurally up near, um, uh, blue mountain area, Collingwood area. And there's one up, 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 you know, sort of on the mountain in, in a, a small little town. And, yeah. and again, it, it's really great. You just go, Hey, there's gas there. Right. Like, right. And, and, and I'm sure it really makes a big difference. And, and, and again, but it takes someone who's thought, you know, thoughtful, thinking ahead, Going to make the investment over time. This will pay for it because yeah. because obviously it's a long it's a long term investment to 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 make to make a go of it. Yeah, like the the
0: one you saw was probably self contained. It looked like it was in a secan. Yes. Yeah. So I took that and I basically copied what they did. And I don't have a Ccan. I'm I'm a grandfather gas station. So we basically took a look at all their tech and everything they were doing, and we just copied it. Okay. And we just put it all together. So, and I talked to those guys because originally I was negotiating with them. I said, "You're too expensive. I'm just going to replicate what you have." And they said, "You can't do that." I said, "Watch me."
1: And
0: We did it. So
1: it's uh,
0: yeah. So, so so that's all part of the
1: process. Well, well, Pat, we 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 call that R and D, rip off and yeah, that's duplicate. Right. You know, that's, yeah, we love yeah. it. We love it. Like you know. So so yeah. So um. As you went from you know a university student to a business owner, value creator in the full-time world, what did you need to change about yourself, Pat? What did I need to change? So I, I
0: started off as an entrepreneur because I was in the restaurant hotel business, and then I, I went to work for other people, and um, you know I learned a lot of valuable lessons. Uh, you know what, because when you're an entrepreneur, you're your own boss and, and you don't have to answer to anybody, and all of a sudden you, when, when you go work for someone else, uh, things change. Right. It can't always be what you think, and you you can bring forward great ideas and great things, but then implementing these are always limited by budgets and and, and different things. So I think that that transition taught me about myself that in the end, I'd much rather be an entrepreneur than work for someone else. Right. So you know, I I did that stint for what is it almost 15 years? Yeah, for for, five. Yeah, so 13 years I I worked for other people, and then since 2013 I've been I've been on my own since then, and I I created you know six different companies, um, and they're all they're all operational right now. So right. and we're looking at at more investments, but it gets it actually gets easier as as you move forward when doing these things because you understand what's the priority and and you hire the right people to go and 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 you know run these things, and you give them you know top three things they need to concentrate on. And if they do that, the business will be successful at 80%. And then you just got to work on that the remainder. So that's, so that's been kind of key
1: and that's been how I've been doing. it. Okay, no, that's exciting. That's exciting. And so what, if someone wanted to do what you do, what key habits would they have to steal from you?
0: I think, um, you know, staying healthy is, is probably the number one thing. So I exercise a lot. Yes. I run every day, every second day. Right. Um, eating healthy. Uh, so I'm, I'm gluten intolerant and I figured this out, you know, through the businesses because I was getting sick at some point point. I actually thought it was where I was working that was making me sick. And then I realized you know, it, was, it was my body that was telling me, hey, you, you know, you're working too much. You're not eating properly. Right. And, uh, so I changed, changed my, my, my health habits. And then after that, I think, uh, you know, I work from home. So a lot of people say, how do you do that? You, know, you get up at a certain time and you need to have a routine. I'm a right. routine guy, like I, I do things at the same time, every day, blah, 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 And depending, each business has a specific day and a specific hour, and then I work I work around that. I work with uh, check boxes, you know what I mean? I have this to-do list, it's, it's, it's yep. meticulous, I go through it every day, and then what didn't get done that day gets pushed back for the next day, and the next day, and, and so on. So, and I use a lot of tools. Um, my laptop and my phone, you know, I run, uh, I do the accounting for four of the companies. Okay, and I basically do it all my on my phone. Okay, so so integrating technology is very very important uh, today. You know anybody that that's that's still pushing paper is is not recommended, it. Right. So implementing that technology, and then not being afraid to ask for help. Yes, I, I, this is probably one of the things I do the most. Is I go out to people that are either in my industry or uh, you know an industry that that's very similar. And I'll reach out to you know those top performers and I'll ask them that 20 questions. How do you right. do this? How did you do that? How how you get this? Blah, blah, blah. And I think that, you know, that is what I call like secondhand experience. Yeah. First hand experience we've all done. And, and yes. you learn very quick from that because it hurts, yeah. right? But then, you know, <laughs> learning from from that that secondhand experience is about, you know, talking to a lot of people. And I think one of the things, and my wife will tell you this, is like I talk to a lot of people. Okay. Right. When you sit on a plane get to know that person beside you because you never know what opportunity lies right beside you or the game that they're in or they can explain concepts to you and stuff like that so i'm that guy that's on the plane that basically knows who's sitting beside me on both sides right and at the airport or whatnot i always find a way to talk to a lot of people and i think i've learned so much that has probably expanded my you know, social IQ and my IQ as a whole, probably the most of everything. It. It's about, it's about transferring that knowledge and, and just absorbing it, become a
1: sponge. Yeah, I yeah. know that's important. Well, I think one of the big things to do that as well um, is, is you, you know, one thing I've always sensed about you, Pat, is just an enormous sense of confidence, okay? But there's this confidence and there's this humility because it takes humility to go out and, and recognize that all sorts of people know more than you do. And now, you know, in my mind, I feel the same way. Like there's so many people and the way the world works is, is I may know my niche really, really, really well, but like you said, adjacent and other opportunities, there's so much learning that can be had. So it's having both having that confidence and then having that humility to really, really uh, learn from others is so powerful.
0: Yeah. And, and transposing, right? So, so, you take away uh, you know, certain things you've learned while you were at StudentWorks and you apply to the next business. And then, yes. and then you're into this next business. Now you're applying two types of things that you've yes. learned. You just, you just grow that way, right? Because it, it's not rocket science. Business isn't rocket science. You need, you need to understand cash flow. You need to understand how to manage debt. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and you need to find a way to get saved. Right. Those, those are the, it, once you've done that, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, these three things will always be there. Right. So you need you need to find a way to manage those things. And and as you as you grow your companies and whatnot, you find different ways. Like a lot of people would ask me, well, why don't you just like finance the pod yourself? And I could have done that.
1: Yes. The
0: idea of putting it out to society was to basically create awareness. It's yes. part of more building that marketing opportunity and getting more eyeballs on it. Um, in the end, we will be financing it ourselves, but the idea was to, to kind of plant that seed out there. Yes, and, and, and that's part of the strategy, right? A lot of people don't realize that that's very important. You 100%. can build it. You can build something, but will they come?
1: Yes, yes, yeah. And, and, and also as well, the more people who put money into something, it, it commits them to go get their group to go sell it, their group to go, go, go leverage it, right? That's why, again, if you, if you look at any of these big deals, uh, you know, big companies, unicorn companies, they have all sorts of different investors because that's what it does it 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 gets them committed to go grow, right, and to really get behind it. having
0: having skin in the game is, is skin important. in you the know, game.
1: Yeah. You would ask me uh, you know
0: probably one of the lessons that I learned. Um, so i did I did one uh, venture where there was three of us. I explain a little bit of that, and one of the individuals didn't have skin in the game. They didn't have cash in the game. and we went out and we uh, we took a loan and the loan was uh, termed joint and several. Ah. So if a lot of people don't know what that is, <laughs> uh, guess what? You're signing up for your buddy here who may not pay, guess what? You're going to have to pay his share, right? Yeah. So I, learned, so. I learned those words the hard way and never again have I ever done another deal where all the partners don't have skin in the game. Everybody's got to have something to lose because it, it brings them to the table. Yes. And uh, I, think, I think that's a golden rule.
1: Yeah, no, for sure it is. For sure, I've I've made similar mistakes in the past, and uh, and also as well, there is no question that you know if you're really analyzing your life and really looking, and you know, then your experiences add on top of them, right? Because you're 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 combining them and you're enriching them, you know, rather than having. 25 years of the same year experience. No, they're like, they're adding and they're adding and they're getting more complex. And it's why if you look at an earning trend of most people, you see what they're making at 20 and then they're making more at 30 and 40 and fifties, you know, when you're coming into the area of your life, you're likely to make more than ever. You know, certainly I'm I'm, I'm a little bit older than you and it's my fifties have been my best, best, best decade ever. I expect to extend that a long time, but it's, it's because, again, you're getting better and better and better um, and you're not you're not uh, getting complacent. You're 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 you know, and, and those little that all, all that knowledge is adding itself up.
0: For sure. For sure. So, and, uh, you know, one of the recent books that I've read is uh, with uh, Ray Dalio. Yes. You know, Ray Dalio Bridgewater, you know, his his whole reiteration, you know, you got to take a step back to, to, to sharpen that saw and, and then go up. Right. But in the end, that trend is, is going up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, they, they 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 don't realize that failure makes you stronger. That that you know, um, go, taking a step back and reevaluating your business is saying, you know, can I actually do this differently? Can I do this better? Yes. Go, what do I need to do to do that? And uh, as long as you,
1: you you keep reiterating like this, you will you will see that that yeah, growth sure, yeah right. and so sure. ray dalio principles uh, uh, incredible book one of the best best books written in decades it's it's um so much value and knowledge in it i've recommended it before i really really highly recommend it i've read it i'm i'm looking to read it twice i also have it on audible cuz there's so much information more than a normal book right like there's just That's so great. much information it's it's fascinating and it's really great to follow him as well on linkedin or anything you know just really really an amazing guy so one final question, Pat, um, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? I
0: think you know, and this is something we, we've been seeing right now. Um, and, and you're probably going to see this with you're recruiting millennials right now. Yes. And uh, one of the things that we've realized is that, you know, there's, there's that gap um, in the way we think, in the way we see things in our, even in our inner core with regards to the value system. And um, I think the leader of tomorrow, you know, is going to have to, more than ever, be able to, to manage an, the expectations from these different groups. Um, you know, I always say it's never the employees that adapt themselves to the management style. A good leader is one that adapts himself to the employees and what sure. it is that they need. And I think the, the leader of tomorrow is going to have to be you know, very cognizant of you know things that are important to the Millennials whether it be the environment whether it be the the, 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 the the workplace and whatnot and try to teach them what we know that you know a lot of a lot of effort and whatnot is is what's going to pay off there's a lot of um, what that word is but entitlement that's coming in with this new generation and it's very very difficult to deal with uh, when it comes to you know running a business because I think what's been lost over the years is that, that uh, work hard effort because we've, we haven't had difficult times in a long time. Mm-hmm. I think that right now we're going to come to a point like this summer, it doesn't look too hot for you know, summer mm-hmm. employment and, and a lot of these different things and now we're going to see difficult times. And people are going to have to start realizing that you're going to have to put some elbow grease into this. You're going to have to help out your parents. You're going to you're gonna have to contribute to the household and you're going to have to do all this. It's the same thing in business. And for these businesses to be successful, we're going to have to have leaders that are able to motivate and to teach, educate this group. Because unfortunately, you know, life has not been able to teach a certain group of us, uh, because we've been living on this, this bull market for way too long. It's been too easy. I, I don't know if you agree with me, but
1: we've been fortunate. It, it's been 70 years of, of really minor blemishes in the world. Like, like, and, and I really believe that, um, that there's an entitlement. I don't believe that's a generational entitlement. I believe that there's an entitlement you know, for, 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 for many, many people, um, uh, you know, worldwide, especially in North America, you know, what's the government going to give me? What are they going to give me? What's, you know, and, and that powerful and successful leaders actually think differently. And, 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 you know, it's, what can I contribute? How can I make a difference? It's how you, you think, Pat. And, and so I always think that, um, that, um, you know, uh, there, every, Every the, the real leaders of every generation, new generation, that's who they are, is they want to be the people who create the difference, the people who are who are seeing it. And and what you're pointing to is 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 again what, what Ray Dalio pointed to is, is that that failure is going to actually make our country, make our world better. Like, like yeah. that, no, we should have been prepared for this. And again, by the way, like, you know, I, I, and I, there's no we should, there's blame. It's just, hey, and, and by the way, as well, so everyone knows, I'm 100% accountable that the Canadian government wasn't prepared this. And, and, and why I say that is, did I vote to say that let's pay attention to pandemics? We should pay attention more to general health? No, yeah. I didn't. Was, where was it on my list of 20 things that mattered? It wasn't on my list. So I'm 100% accountable for this. And so mm-hmm. that, there's no blame. Everyone gets that. Um, and so it's all of us going, what can we all do? And, and what excites me, Pat, is, is that you're really, again, one of the people who uh, you know, I know who is doing the, doing the most or really looking to make a real big difference. And, and, and again, I just so acknowledge you in that. So, so exciting. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: You know, we, I was talking to my wife about this, we, you know, we're seeing in, in times of crisis, you know, a desperation is the mother of innovation. A lot yes. of people lot of to kind of say that and we're seeing like right now, think of like the school system. Yeah. We've now taken our kids from that, you know, go to school in the classroom and we've now made this classroom virtual. Yeah. And, but, but what we've done is we've taken the curriculum that's usually taught in the class and we've put it on the computer. We need, we need to take this opportunity to reinvent. Yes. How we deliver, and I yeah. and I think this this crisis. Hopefully, I'm 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 like hoping that society is going to start thinking differently. Yeah. You know, once we start coming out of this, you know, why is the air cleaner in China or even downtown Toronto? You know, because there's less smog and there's all these yeah. things. Like everybody that was denying, you know, the the, the 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 environmental changes that are happening across the world, listen, they've seen it firsthand now. There's no excuse not to get on that bandwagon. Yes, we need to do something, right? And I think, with regards to, you know, society and how we flow goods and 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 that protectionism, you know, because the next thing that's going to be difficult with restarting the economy is going to be that supply chain, that distribution thing. Yes. think of like we took, you know, um, six sigma and everything down to just in time delivery for, for businesses. Well, guess what? It's going to be very difficult to get even like let's say the automo- automotive sector, Magna. You know, yes, a great company in Ontario has got to deliver all this stuff to to all these automakers. They're going to run out of stuff. They they won't be able to put these cars together. Yeah. So, so all of that needs to be rethought up from, mm-hmm. from whether it be like medical supplies to, to to just you know food right now that's not yeah. happening on your shelves. Yes. It's amazing and I, and I, I have a lot of confidence in that next generation. Um, they're gonna they're gonna solve some of these things because now they've got they've got a good roadbook. Examples, right? Yeah, just got a whole bunch of experiences in front of us. Hopefully, it'll it'll work out.
1: Well, yeah, no, it like it will work out, and it's it's just an issue of how well will it work out, and it's and it's and it's leaders who are going to go make the difference to make it work as well as as well as it can, and and seeing those those as opportunities, seeing those as looking back and saying, hey, there are a whole bunch of things that work weren't working so well. Well, let's let's get behind this and 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 really make a difference in the world. so, uh, and I really appreciate you, Pat coming in and around all the crazy things that you're doing and, uh, um, and, and, and coming and make a difference in our podcast. So, so thank you okay. so much.
0: I thank you for having me. And, and, you know, like I said, uh, I told you once before, you know, student works, uh, what you you guys have put together, you know, it's really helped me and guided me in, 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 where I am today. So I owe I owe a lot of that success, uh, to your program and, and to your students.
1: Well, thank Thanks you very much. Okay, Pat, you have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Cheers. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply, and I can't wait to see you on the other side.